0: Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. (music) Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, April 8th, 2022. It was on this day in 1378 that Cardinal Pregiani, was elected Pope Urban II by conclave, and he would later be deposed and replaced by Robert de Geneve as Clement VII, bringing about the great Western schism, which would last uh, on and off for a period of 70 years. On this day in 1852, Commodore Matthew Perry arrived in Hong Kong aboard his flagship Mississippi, and he arrived in Japan to negotiate a trade agreement with the U.S., In 1974, on this day, baseball star Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run in Atlanta, Georgia, beating Babe Ruth's home run record. But this week, folks, uh, I know it's just a little under two weeks after the annual Academy Awards ceremony, which has been getting a lot of news this year because of the slap heard around the world. Will Smith jumping up on stage and slapping Chris Rock for a comment that he made, which he thought was insensitive to his wife's condition. And I've heard people speak on both sides of the issue, some in favor of Chris Rock, some saying they would have done the same thing as Will Smith did if they felt a joke made fun of their wife. And there are those who pointed out that Chris Rock didn't know that Will Smith's wife had the condition that she had, and you just hear it going on back and forth. Apologies, investigations, resolutions that are forthwith by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, but unfortunately, we're still hearing the news about it, even almost two weeks later, and we're not hearing about some of the good things that happened during the Oscars, not the least of which was the whole presentation for the Oscar for Best Picture, Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli coming out, and the kindness that Lady Gaga showed to Liza Minnelli, who is showing her age. She's an elder actress and a Hollywood legend, an Academy Award winning actress for Cabaret way back in 1972, I believe it was. And you could see that Liza Minnelli was showing her age a bit. She was a little bit confused, enjoying herself, absolutely enjoying the fact that she was present present this Oscar, but as she herself said, she's not sure what she's supposed to do, and Lady Gaga told her more than once, I've got this, I've got this, and Liza Minnelli affirmed her in that, I know you do, and I thought that was a, such a, a nice exchange, showing the respect that a superstar t- of today has for an elder star uh, from the early 70s, a, a living Hollywood legend, but unfortunately, the, the slap is still dominating the news. And also, we're forgetting the groundbreaking Oscar-winning Best Picture. For the first time, a movie about not any other cultural demographic, but a movie about the deaf community, CODA, which means child of deaf adults, and the winner of Best Supporting Actor, a deaf man, who gave us thank you in sign language a movie about the experience of the deaf community and hearing speaking children born to deaf parents. I've never seen the movie, but it is notable that that film was honored and that the contributions to our society and to Hollywood that the deaf community has, and this speaking from someone who has hard of hearing in his family. But also, I thought, being that so much of this news is taken away from the Oscars and toward the shenanigans of the actors involved. And over the last few years, we know that the Oscars viewership has gone down dramatically because too many of the participants have taken it and treated it as an opportunity to speak on their own sociopolitical ideologies that has pretty much alienated most of the viewers who no longer want to tune in because it has become so political alienating people who don't share those politics, and from people who are multimillionaires, living in gated communities and mansions, who are superstars, lecturing the rest of us on how to live our lives, lecturing the rest of us from a position of moral superiority when we know in many cases that's not the case of these people who presume to lecture the rest of the world. But because... It has been so distracting from the movies and the talent that are honored during these ceremonies. I thought for this particular podcast, I would mention and share with you my favorite films to have won the Oscar for Best Picture over the years. It would take too long to review all of them that have won Best Picture, but over the years, I've seen quite a number of the movies That have won the Oscar for Best Picture. And some of them are truly notable movies, and some of them are legendary, timeless. They have stood the test of time and are still very, very strongly quality viewing. Even as early as the third winner for Best Picture, and the first that I will mention is the movie that won Best Picture in 1930, All Quiet on the Western Front. In describing that film, I always like to say long before. Saving Private Ryan, we had All Quiet on the Western Front. A movie about a German soldier, a group of German soldiers in World War One, that packs a wallop, puts you in the thick of battle without all the graphic violence, but still with the intensity of the experience of war, especially trench warfare, and what it does to the idealism of these young men who went off to war. And it has some very memorable and disturbing moments in it that have aged very well for a movie in 1930. The scene in which the main character kills a French soldier in a bomb crater and then has to remain with him because it's too dangerous to climb out of the bomb crater in the middle of a battle. He has to be there as the man slowly dies of his wound and then in death has such a haunting stare, biting his lower lip and just staring forward to the point that the main character just bursts into a a monologue of regret, apologizing to the dead body for having killed him. Um, The last moment of the film packs a wallop. It still packs a wallop, even after all these years. And in 2030, this movie will be 100 years old. So it's over 90 years old now, and it still holds a lot of weight in terms of great movie making. I think the first really great movie to win uh, the Oscar for Best Picture was the comedy It Happened One Night from 1934, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. It was among the earliest road comedies. They're on the road trying to get from one point to another, and it's a romantic comedy as well, directed by Frank Capra. This film was an influence for many films after it, and even had an impact on how Bugs Bunny, who was under development at that time, was animated, specifically in how he eats his carrots. There's a scene in which Clark Gable is eating a carrot in this film, And the manner in which he ate the carrot influenced the animators in their development of Bugs Bunny, if you can believe it. And it was the first movie to win the Oscars for what are called the Big Five, the Oscars for Best Picture, Director, Screenplay, Actor, and Actress. We would not see another film win those five Oscars again until 1975 with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and then later in 1991 with Silence of the Lambs. But the first movie to win those five Oscars was 1934, It Happened One Night. If you see any film from those early years of the Oscars, watch It Happened One Night. You will not be disappointed. The following year was an epic sea adventure, also starring Clark Gable, Mutiny on the Bounty, from 1935. 1939 has Gone with the Wind, arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. Won the Oscar for Best Picture. It quite the epic of the Civil War and Reconstruction in the Old South. Alfred Hitchcock's first American movie won the Oscar for Best Picture the following year in 1940, the movie Rebecca. Not among his greatest films, but certainly a great film, and that holds you for for two hours and grabs you. It's a gothic romance about the memory of a deceased wife as the new wife of a... um, of uh, an English baron uh, comes into his home and takes the role as the great lady of the house, but has to live up to the memory of this dead wife named Rebecca. It's quite an intriguing movie. Again, another one of these films, if you see any film that won the Oscar for Best Picture, see Casablanca from 1943. That is my all-time favorite movie. Whenever people ask me what my favorite movie is, without hesitation, without equivocation, I say Casablanca from 1943 with Humphrey Bogart, among the most quotable movies, among the most engaging films, and truly a legendary film, well-deserving of the Oscar for Best Picture, Casablanca, with Humphrey Bogart, Paul Henry, and the beautiful Ingrid Bergman, and a great cast of, of secondary and side characters as well. It is truly one of the greatest movies ever made. The very next year, the Oscar for Best Picture went to a movie called Going My Way, starring Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald, about two priests in an inner-city parish. Uh, Many Catholics like that film. I have to say, as a priest, I can't stand it. Uh, It gives a very unrealistic and saccharine portrayal of priests in the parish, but I will say it's good for one thing. At least it portrays priests in a good light, which is more than can be said for many portrayals today, but... uh, Give it a try from 1944, Going My Way, Oscar for Best Picture, 1944. I don't care for it. I've seen it as a priest. It just is hard to watch because that's just not the life of priests and their work that they do in the parish, even if it is very, very positively presented. uh, It's not a very realistic uh, portrayal. Once we get to the 50s, I think we get in very much, uh, in many ways, the, uh, the golden age of Oscars when it comes to Best Picture. And within that decade, we see uh, such movies as All About Eve in 1950. One of the great movies to win Best Picture. And actually, for me, it's a tie between All About Eve and Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I, Whenever I finish watching Sunset Boulevard, I'm thinking, oh, this movie should have won the Oscar for Best Picture. But then I watch All About Eve, and I think the same way of that film. Uh, but 1950, All About Eve is a great film, well-acted, well-written uh, one of the uh, the true great films to win the Oscar, and it is known for the line, Fasten Your Seatbelts, It's Going to Be a Bumpy Night, uh, spoken by Betty Davis in one of her greatest performances. It's also a notorious decade, because that's the decade in which arguably the worst movie to win Best Picture, The Greatest Show on Earth from 1952, beat out both The Quiet Man and High Noon. Quiet Man, uh, an Irish movie starring... John Wayne, one of his best films, and High Noon, one of the greatest westerns. I don't believe High Noon was even nominated. Possibly it was. Uh, Gary Cooper won the Oscar for best actor, but the greatest show on earth was a Cecil B. DeMille movie, and he was getting up there in, a, in years. And um, they were thinking perhaps this was the last opportunity to award him the Oscar for best picture, and they gave it to the greatest show on earth, and it's it's pretty much become a laughing stock ever since. But the following year, From Here to Eternity, has one of the greatest, most iconic movie moments. In history, the, the uh, kissing scene on the beach as the waves are rolling up on the shore in Hawaii. It's a movie that follows characters just days before the bombing of Pearl Harbor. In 1954, On the Waterfront, another great film. I know a couple of priests who said watching this film inspired them to become priests because of the character played by Carl Malden in this film, and he's not even the main character. Marlon Brando plays a washed-up boxer who is looking for work each day on the waterfront on the docks that are run and controlled by the mob, the mafia. Uh, It's known for having that line, I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender monologue, one of the most memorable and moving monologues in movies. But I like this film because it is the only movie in which Marlon Brando's character gets punched and the one who punches him does not get punched back. And the one who punches him out is the priest, played by Carl Malden. So he's a priest's priest. He's a man's man. But On the Waterfront is, again, another one of the great, great films to win the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, three years later, The Bridge on the River Kwai, a movie by David Lean starring Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness, and uh, William Holden and Sasu Hayakawa, about British soldiers building a bridge for the Japanese army, British prisoners of war building that bridge, and all the conflicts involved in building it, and the eventual plot to destroy it. The Bridge on the River Kwai was one of the first movies to really get under my skin in a good way, and I always enjoy it whenever I come across it and take a little under three hours to watch it. Uh, The Bridge on the River Kwai from 1957. And the 50s continue with 1959. The Oscar for Best Picture went to Ben-Hur, which up until Titanic and then Lord of the Rings Return of the King held the record for the most Oscars won by a single movie. I believe it's 11 Oscars won by Ben-Hur, one of the great biblical epics and certainly well worth a watch. And that's just in the 50s right there. But every other year you had a major legendary movie winning the Oscar for Best Picture. And even among those that did not win Best Picture... The African Queen, Sunset Boulevard, High Noon, Shane, Night of the Hunter came out that year, although it wasn't nominated. The Searchers came out in 1956. Uh, Vertigo came out in 1958. These weren't necessarily nominated for Oscars or won if they were nominated, but this was a tremendous year. Not the golden age of Hollywood, but certainly one of the greater years of um, the quality of films that had come out of Hollywood, and certainly from the standpoint of the Oscar for Best Picture, one of the golden decades of the Academy Awards. But as we get into the 60s, we have West Side Story, 1961, and that's the original version. West Side Story was remade last year and nominated for Best Picture. It did not win, but the original did win the Oscar for Best Picture, and it's one of the uh, most enjoyable and most popular movie musicals. 1962, Lawrence of Arabia, starring Peter O'Toole, won the Oscar for Best Picture, another David Lean film, like Bridge on the River Kwai. But Lawrence of Arabia is just one of those movies that is an experience, and especially if you can see it on the big screen, I have had the pleasure of seeing it twice on the big screen. And uh, I'll just say it's the fastest four hours and 15 minutes I've ever sat through. In 1964, My Fair Lady won the Oscar for Best Picture, and that was a year I think should have been a five-way tie. My Fair Lady was nominated with Mary Poppins, the Disney film starring Julie Andrews, Beckett, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, and Zorba the Greek. I would say Zorba the Greek was the lesser of those films, but I have known people who have seen Zorba the Greek, and they swear by that film. They absolutely love that film. So that year, all five nominees for Best Picture, I think, is one of those years that should have been a five-way tie. But My Fair Lady was awarded the Oscar for Best Picture, and it is, again, another truly enjoyable musical starring uh, Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison. The following year, another legendary musical, The Sound of Music, in 1965, won the Oscar for Best Picture. And in 1966, it, a different type of movie won. I, it was a pleasant surprise for me. I had seen this movie. I did not know it had won Best Picture, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that, he, that it it had. It's a movie about Sir Thomas More called A Man for All Seasons. Now, Thomas More is my personal favorite of the Saints. And so I, I never get tired of watching A Man for All Seasons. Not big on action, but dialogue acting, sets, costumes. It's the story of Thomas More and his fall from grace from the court of Henry VIII because of his loyalty to the church at the time of the Reformation. And in the end, he is martyred for the faith, being beheaded at the behest of his once very good friend, King Henry VIII. In 1967, In the Heat of the Night, starring Sidney Portier and and Rod Steiger, won the Oscar for Best Picture. And it came at a very timely period of the uh, civil rights movement here in the United States, but it's not a movie that preaches to you. You just see the conflict between the southern white sheriff and the northern black detective, both trying to solve a crime that initially they thought the black detective had committed because he was black, and this is the South. Uh, A tremendous film that doesn't preach to you, but you see the growth in the different characters and the attitudes that develop between the two of them. When we get to the 1970s, the films for Best Picture that I enjoy, 1970, the movie Patton starring George C. Scott, I think is one of the the great war movies of all time. Uh, 1971, The French Connection, almost a documentary style film, but it was not documentary, but the style was very much like a documentary and it's starring Gene Hackman, who won the Oscar for Best Actor that year. 1972, of course, The Godfather, with its sequel in 1974, The Godfather Part II. 1975, as I mentioned, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was the first movie since it happened one night to win the Big Five. 1976, Rocky, the first of the Rocky movies, won the Oscar for Best Picture. And nominated alongside Rocky was the movie Network, another great film to come out of the 70s. I'm a Star Wars fan, so I was still to this day a bit miffed that Star Wars was beaten out by Annie Hall for Best Picture in 1977. But in 1978, The Deer Hunter is a popular film. I did not care for it. I found it a little too intense and also at the same time a bit too preachy. That was the year that Heaven Can Wait, starring Warren Beatty, came out. And uh, I personally think Heaven Can Wait is the better film, but The Deer Hunter is still a classic today about uh, the experience of a group of friends in Vietnam and the aftermath after they come home. In the years ahead, you know, you had some notable films that often won the Oscar for Best Picture over and above films that were either more popular or perhaps um, had more staying power. In 1982, Gandhi beat out Tootsie. In 1981... Uh, Chariots of Fire beat out Raiders of the Lost Ark. In 1983, Terms of Endearment beat out The Right Stuff. In all three of those years, I thought the other film uh, was the better film. But in 1984, the movie Amadeus, very controversial among Mozart aficionados, but I particularly enjoy the film Amadeus, and I understand what the movie was doing in the end where you see that, you know, How true is this story, given the madness of the man who's telling the story? And I think that covers the objections that people have to the historical accuracy of Mozart. But Amadeus is a tremendous morality story about the jealousy of one man for the talent of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Going ahead a few more years, in 1990, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves joined uh, Ordinary People from 1980, in which... The director was a, an actor, turned director for the film, and who won the Oscar for Best Director his first time out, and that was Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves, just as 10 years earlier, Robert Redford won the Oscar for Ordinary People, which also won Best Picture, as did Dances with Wolves. 1991, Silence of the Lambs is the only other film besides One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and it happened one night to win the Big Five and the first horror film to win the Oscar for Best Picture. That was also the year that the first animated movie was nominated for Best Picture, Beauty and the Beast, Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And some might say, isn't it ironic that a family movie, such as Beauty and the Beast, won out over arguably the most violent film that year? And we would see it again a couple of years later in 1995 when Braveheart beat out Babe, an animated pig movie, live action, you could say, and animated talking pig movie. Uh, And... Babe had its fans, hoping that it would win Best Picture, but Braveheart, the most violent film that year, uh, won. That was a film by Mel Gibson. But backing up a little bit, 1992, Clint Eastwood finally won the Oscar for director and picture for his last western, Unforgiven. And 1993, Schindler's List, Again, a legendary film, an important film, a very well-done film, but a difficult film to watch about the Holocaust and the story of Oscar Schindler and how he responded to the injustices and the atrocities that he saw in his own country of Nazi Germany when it occupied the country of Poland. In 1994, Forrest Gump won the Oscar for Best Picture and is a, is a favorite among, uh, among moviegoers. Once we get to the later part of the 90s, I think you start seeing a decline in the type of films. Although there are some surprises. In 1998, Shakespeare in Love beat out Saving Private Ryan. And in many ways, I kind of have a certain satisfaction that it did. I am no fan, obviously, of the producer Harvey Weinstein and, of course, the his actions that landed him now uh, in jail. Uh, absolutely no excuse. But he was among the first to actually campaign for the Oscars Uh It was a year in which, like the case of Schindler's List, where it was a foregone conclusion that Saving Private Ryan and Steven Spielberg were going to get the Oscar for Best Picture and these other films were just token nominees. The producers, especially Harvey Weinstein, wasn't going to stand for that. He wasn't going to have his picture just be relegated to the sidelines while a favorite foregone conclusion became the Oscar for Best Picture. And at a big surprise moment when Harrison Ford, who had also presented the Oscar for Best Picture to Spielberg for Schindler's List. Now Harrison Ford was presenting the Oscar Best Picture and everyone expected he'd be giving it to Spielberg again for Saving Private Ryan and he opened the envelope and announced Shakespeare in Love. I enjoy Shakespeare in Love and I think the better movie won that year but to this day it is still a big controversy as is the... Um, Oscar in 2005, Crash, which beat out Brokeback Mountain. Many people took a huge gasp when Jack Nicholson announced Crash as the best picture because they figured, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. The gay cowboy movie, Brokeback Mountain, would win, but nope, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences voted differently. Backing up again, in the year 2000, Gladiator, one of the great epics, and a good return to the ancient epics, Gladiator won the Oscar for best picture. And for three years in a row after that, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was nominated in 2001, 2002, and 2003. The first two films lost, but the third year, The Lord of the Rings Return of the King had a clean sweep of all the Oscars it was nominated for. I believe it was 11, and it came to tie Titanic from 1997 and Ben-Hur from 1959. Those three hold the tie for the most Oscars won by a film. The Lord of the Rings Return of the King in 2003. And I really think the last great film to win the Oscar for Best Picture was the film Slumdog Millionaire. It's a hard film to watch, yes. Many people turn it off at the same point of the film, but I say stick with it. It's really, really worth watching, and it's innovative. It's clever in the way it makes its presentation and the type of story that it tells. Many people look back to, I believe, uh, 1941 when Citizen Kane lost the Oscar for Best Picture to How Green Was My Valley. Not as many people... know of or have even seen How Green Was My Valley, but many people consider Citizen Kane to be the greatest movie ever made. But because it was so revolutionary, so innovative in the manner in which Orson Welles, this young protege, uh, young prodigy, put this film together, that perhaps Hollywood was not ready to give an Oscar to such um, an innovative and experimental film in terms of the style in lighting, cinematography, camera angles, and so on. But in 1962, I believe, 1962, they did give it to, excuse me, 1963, they did give it to Tom Jones, which is a comedy that was very cleverly put together in the, in the editing and the way the story is told. So the Oscars is not adverse to giving the Oscar for best picture to an experimental type film or a very uniquely constructed film but slum dog millionaire from 2008 won the Oscar that year and it's a film that grows on you again not an easy movie to watch but a very satisfying film especially in its conclusion and in the way it's put together through flashbacks through its content and so on you wonder how did they ever come up with this film with this concept but I, th- I think that year it was well-deserved uh, award for uh, Best Picture. And I think the last truly enjoyable film to win the Oscar for Best Picture was The King's Speech in 2010. I know a lot of people like to make fun of that film. It's just your typical safe period piece from uh, the 20s and 30s in England about King George the Sixth and his uh, stammer and his rise to becoming the King of England after his brother's abdication. But The King's Speech is just one of those Oscar winners that's just enjoyable. It's a good, enjoyable watch. And I have to admit, in the years since, the movies that have won the Oscar for Best Picture have not really done too much for me. I've enjoyed a couple of them. I wished others had won instead of certain ones, like in 2012. I wish Lincoln had won. In 2014, I wish American Sniper had won. And But the other films, uh, 2019, I wish Jojo Rabbit had won. But they really have not been great films. I think there's really been a low. If the 1950s was the golden age of Oscars and the movies that won the awards, the uh, 2010s, the decade following 2010, was not a good decade for movies and Oscars. But I think we've uh, done this as, as much as we can. I wanted to say a few words about the Oscars. I've always been a movie fan. I haven't always been an Oscars fan, but I think the events of the last couple of weeks have really taken center stage to the movies that were honored, and especially the movie that won the Oscar for Best Picture. And we forget that, as, as much of a decline as the Oscars have had in the last decade, there was a time where it really was a tremendous American institution and honored tremendous films got it wrong a couple of times sometimes as i said in the case of the greatest show on earth it's laughable but there was a time in which we were interested in what films were going to be honored by the oscars a lot of times we would agree most of the times we would agree and other times it would win and we'd go and see it and end up agreeing with the oscars but unfortunately as an institution it's become too politicized too radical too countercultural too uh, arrogant and smug too preachy with a group of people who are just completely out of touch with how real people live real lives. And I think the Oscars could come back and be what it once was. I think Hollywood could come back and be what it once was, no longer making movies that are really all that good. You go as escapism, but they aren't movies that really stand out and really hit you like many of the early films did. Some every now and again, but just not as much as you saw in the golden age of Hollywood and in the 50s, what I call the golden age of Oscars, uh, where they, yes, we're cranking them out like a, like just a, just a mill sending out movies. But every now and again, you'd get these really, really great films. And the Oscars gave, notific- gave notice uh, to the movies that we liked, but also alerted us to truly great films that have lasted all these years and in many ways, I think, continue to show up to the um, inferiority of movies nowadays. So hopefully we'll see uh, Hollywood come back, we'll see the Oscars come back, and, and the movies will truly be an enjoyable experience for all of us. Uh, but especially, you know, let's, let's just stop all the radicalism and the bad behavior that we see centered around the Oscars. Um, I am all for defending the honor of someone's wife, but one does not need to slap another person on stage in front of millions of people watching live around the world. And at the same time, upstaging the kindness that you saw given by the superstar Lady Gaga to the Hollywood legend Liza Minnelli. We aren't talking about that. And no one seems to be talking about the film that won Best Picture this year. So let's get it together, Hollywood. You were great once, you can be great again. And the Oscars can reflect that once more. So thanks for letting me share with you my thoughts and the films that I really enjoy that have won the Oscar for Best Picture. If you get a chance watch a couple of them and hopefully you'll agree. And there may be other films that have won the Oscars for Best Picture or other Academy Awards that, that you know and you enjoy and remind you of that time when Hollywood really was a great institution, if not a bit flawed, and the Oscars was really an occasion that people looked forward to. So, anyway, thanks for listening this week and uh, talk to you again as we come closer to the season and the great feast day of Easter. And take care, and with any luck, I will talk to you again soon. Oh, oh,